Hey guys, and welcome back to an episode of Heike Adulting, the not-so-serious guide as to how to live your best life as a teen, late teen, or fresh adult. I am your host, Jada Jones, and today we've got a really, really good episode coming your way. Today, my high school friend Jonathan Davis is coming on to chat about some real-life stuff going on in the world. Jonathan was a senior while I was a freshman in high school, and we did a few shows together before he graduated in 2017. I actually messed up the recording in the episode by saying that we graduated three years apart, but I was just confused. We actually ended up graduating only two years apart, not three. So yes, but anyways, but today we've just got such a fitting episode for today's society, today's world, today's reality. Um, we talk a lot about the Black Lives Matter movement and how it's been being that we're both mixed with black. So yeah, as well as just graduating from high school, not going to college, and just taking on the real world head on with a passion. That's going to be today today's episode, but before we get into it, I'm going to give you guys a quote of the week, this one coming from Socrates. The secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. I found this just so fitting for right now, especially with the big movement going on, and there's so many kind of things going on on social media being like, well... I hope things return back to normal or like when are things going to go back to normal or can we have back our sense of normalcy and I think right now especially because we are in just such a year of change 2020 has just been literally a different year in every single month this year um if you guys know what I'm saying I think the secret to just kind of changing and moving forward and really making progress is to focus on building the new there's no use to fighting the old and trying to get back our sense of normalcy in that kind of way and I think that when we really just focus on building the new focus on making change happen I think that's how we're gonna get through this guys and we will get through this we will see the other side of 2020 and we will also be here in 2021 to just just live our best lives, you know? Yeah, that's the quote of the week. Try and keep that quote throughout your mind this week as we're just trying to shift our perspective on tons of things going on as we're continuing to learn and continuing to educate ourselves. Be sure to just keep that quote in mind. So the next little segment we're doing, again, is my highs and lows. I guess my lows for the week definitely has to be just an exhausting feeling of social media. I think social media, especially this week, like it has felt like it has felt really, really productive and really good I guess when there's just so much being thrown at you and there's just so much information to take in and there's just tons of more videos of police brutality and just so many different stories and so many things to do and you don't know if you're feeling like you're doing enough and it's just it can feel really taxing and it can feel just really emotionally draining sometimes so I think that definitely has to be my low for the week even though that is a very good low to have honestly that's like a privilege to honestly have that be your low is being exhausted on social media I think really taking the time for yourself and really just taking care of the brain is what we all have to really do right now because it's crazy and right now all we are surrounded by is technology so take care of yourselves if you need a break on social media do it And my high for the week definitely has to be my video about Black Lives Matter doing really, really well on YouTube. I put a crazy ton of ads in it so that I could raise money for the Black Women Trans Fund. Right now, it is actually just... It's in the morning. It's actually Tuesday morning right now. It is 12.22 in the morning, but I'm recording this intro. As of right now, it has over 11,000 views and we have raised a little over $100 thus far. So I announced on Instagram today that I will be... um, 
waiting another week so that I can really like make sure that the money is like growing you know for a week and then from there I will make sure that all of that money goes to the black women trans fund that is something that I believe so wholeheartedly in especially because this month is also pride so with that being said I wanted to just combine the both of the things and just give all the money to that so yeah that was definitely a high of the week so yeah guys that was the quick little update and now I'm gonna stop talking and let's get into this week's episode Hey guys, I am super excited to be getting into this episode because this is one of my friends from high school. Say hello, Jonathan. What's up? <laughs> hello, hello. So I'm super excited to have him on just because this week has just been really interesting. I mean, so has the past couple of weeks just with everything going on and just the virus and this and that. And now the Black Lives Matter movement is really coming up again and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere, which is great. But yeah, we're going to get into a lot today. So yes, we're high-key adulting, but we're going to be talking about a lot. So yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. So Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you. Explain who you are. What do you do? What's been going on? Let's just get the lowdown. Go for it. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, so... I'm uh, 20 years old. I'm from and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have recently sort of shifted all of my energy and my focus into doing, um, I'm a dancer, I guess I should say that first. I'm a dancer. I've been dancing for about 15, 16 years now. Um, I got into choreography, uh, doing my own choreography around uh, freshman year of high school. And um, since graduating, I kind of have just shifted my focus into doing that full time. And it goes from teaching classes to correcting or correcting, directing my own, uh, you know, videos, uh, pieces of work that I put out for people to see. I've done live performances. I've worked with a few local artists here in Charlotte. Um, I've danced in other states. Uh, but that's sort of the main, you know. If you know me, you know me, you know I dance. That's really that's the lowdown. life. That's yeah, the whole lowdown. For sure. I feel like some people are gonna wonder, like, because you graduated what, three years before me? Three? Three. Yeah, three it was supposed ago. to be four, but yeah. then I graduated a year early, so then three years. But um yeah, Jonathan and I did one of the best shows to ever exist, All Shook uh-huh. Up. Shook never dies. Shook never dies, it's you know. Pumping. I wanted to have him on today just to talk about a ton of stuff. So the first thing that we're going to do is just go ahead and get into some quick questions. Let's go ahead and ask, what has been the thing occupying most of your time during this quarantine? Oh, man. Um, so this whole thing kind of started at a really weird time in my life for me. Um, I'm kind of trying my best to um, transition my life into Atlanta, Georgia, where uh, a lot of my new life is. I have mentors. I have my agents down there. Um, I've done a handful of jobs so far in Atlanta, and it's sort of been uh, over the past almost three years, um, it's sort of been a hassle trying to, you know, make a four-hour road trip into a into a job, essentially. Um, so I'm, when this whole thing started, I was in the middle of kind of planning to, you know, move my life forward. Um, and now I just kind of stopped just kind of put everybody at a pause it really put me at a pause financially so I've just kind of taken the opportunity to really uh work on myself creatively and you know kind of dig down into my art and um even just doing stuff around the house my house has been unfinished Mm -hmm. for an amount of years that we've lived here um it's still not really done (laughs) and then when something's done my mom does this thing where she looks at something and 
something could just just be finished and she's already thinking about something else so there's always <laughs> something to do uh yeah there's always some home improvement to do so definitely during quarantine i've um you know kind of worked on different editing techniques for my own videos um i kind of had a a, a strange unexpected rebirth of like choreography that's awesome yeah i've Um, seen like the videos you've been posting on youtube and you did one for like this whole like corona social distancing thing which i thought was awesome i will link that in the show notes below but you guys can just get a feel of his work and like what he's been doing and yeah so you've been using your time wisely next question what is the song that's best describes your life or this period of time um so there's this really uh well there's two i would say there's a dope artist that everybody probably knows who she is her name is sizza she has this song called uh, 20-something. And um, I'm actually working on a uh, like a piece to the song. And I kind of fell in love with the song way later than it was released, A, and way later than everyone else kind of heard the song. Because I think that album came out in uh, 2017, I want to say. And I um, just recently, like this year, found the song. And I was like, yo, I relate to this song like crazy. Like, I'm 20 years old now. Uh, the message of the song from, you know, Sis's point of view is very, uh, she's feeling pretty apprehensive and just kind of all the emotions are hitting her at once about transitioning into the real world as an adult. And it's like a, a 20 something, you know, 21, 22, whatever, a 20, mm-hmm. however you're old. Um, and that's something I really relate to right now. Uh, obviously, you know, trying to transition out of my Charlotte life into a whole new beginning, a whole new chapter, mm-hmm. a whole new lifestyle. Um, definitely that song and also there's this artist that lives here really good friend of mine his name is Greg Cox Um, he has this song off of an album he released I think last year it's called Ego Uh, or I think the album's called etc actually it's like (laughs) ETC I don't know there's the song itself is called Bigger Dreams and it's you know it's kind of self-explanatory he talks about kind of having uh, like a status quo of like his normal lifestyle, but mm-hmm. not really being, um, I guess, uh, comfortable or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, satisfied with his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like, I want bigger things for myself. Like I want to, he basically in the course says, I want to go back to sleep until I have bigger dreams. Um, and that's something I also really relate to. Just kind of mm-hmm. also really always trying to shoot for the stars, no matter what it is. Uh, yeah, probably those two. Probably yeah. says the song the most, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Next question. Who do you admire the most? Sheesh. So, this one definitely goes out to my dad. If you uh, personally know me, you know that, uh, mm-hmm. or if you don't know me, he um, he passed away suddenly, unexpectedly, very unexpectedly, last yeah. October. And, um, you know, for my whole life, he's kind of just been, like, the model figure to, you know, shape myself after. And he had... Uh, very very direct and um um present hands and he was always present he was very uh influential in the way I was raised and mm-hmm. um taught me a lot of things I know now is still teaching me lessons or there are things that I you know didn't think twice about before and now I'm like oh you know that's something dad would say or dad would have taught me or dad did taught me and I just don't remember um but he definitely is a, a huge role model and especially with something with the current climate that you know our economy and our world we're going through right now with right. the current racial injustice like that was a huge piece of um I think a huge piece of responsibility is him as a African-American parent to pass down that kind of knowledge to me right. as a you know as an African-American male because mm-hmm. um, my dad was born in 48 and uh you know basically essentially lived two different 
um, American realities, one that was still very segregated and, you know, the one that we know now, Mm -hmm. which isn't, you know, ultimately all that different. Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, at Um, this point. Right, at this point, there there aren't too many uh, differences between the two, and um, he just, he carried himself well. He was a Vietnam veteran, but at the end of the day, like, it's all about, unfortunately, it's all about the skin or the color of your skin, Mm -hmm. and my dad was a very... uh, reserved and careful person when it came to that subject like we would go out anywhere uh that he would you know kind of have like mass attention Mm -hmm. and uh, he'd dress himself up in a way that would just be presentable that wouldn't you know paint him as just like another black man i'd say right but um, we'd wear a suit and tie just to go out to eat sometimes or Mm -hmm. you know a little polo shirt and some nice slacks and his like vietnam veteran caps you know just Mm -hmm. to kind of give himself a presentable image and you know that kind of goes a long way and it says a lot at the end of the day um just because of the way the media and you know a lot of people are painting black men and just black people in general to be like violent and vigilant and and just problem problematic in general um so he was definitely always tried to be ahead of that curve and kind of like break the standard and i would say he successfully broke the standard um and that's one thing that we would talk about all the time there'd be moments where um I would kind of make a snap decision on something and he'd kind of come back and be like, nah, you can't do that. There are people watching and it's just in this kind of time, um, you just got to think twice about some things. And yeah, it's just, that's a, that's a big piece of, uh, or that was a big piece of our relationship and what we used to talk about and the things that he felt responsible to deem onto me as his son. And, you know, more importantly is his black male son. Um, and yeah, that, that he's definitely still a role model to me. He's one of my biggest inspirations, my my number one superhero. Um, yeah, yeah, shout that's out to Pops. so sweet. Yeah. Oh my God, no, he was such a good man. He was amazing, and yeah, you should be proud of your father. He's just he's amazing. Every single time that I met him, he was just always so. I don't even know what's the word for it. He's just very like straightforward and direct, but you can still yeah. tell that he's got that like love in him. You know, he's so. Oh, he was the best. Definitely. Also, I'm just so proud of you, first of all. You really just, like, handled this so well. And I think I think it really has just, like, grown you up, like, times ten. Because, like, you just felt like, yo, like, I got to keep Facts. on moving, you know? Facts, but yeah. I think you just handled it in such a good way. I think sometimes these things can lead people down a dark direction. And, like, of course, you had your moments, of course. And I think that that honestly made you into just who you are. Like, you just turned so much stronger. And I can tell, like, even by the way you speak, you're just so resilient. And I think that you definitely got that from your dad for sure. So very proud of you. you. Um, you. Yeah, so talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. I feel like as mixed children that we are, it kind of feels... It's a it feels hard. Yeah, it's yeah, hard to it's just a... kind of put yourself in a box because we aren't fully black, but we are still black. We still like embody that you know and so i want to ask you like how you feel about just being a mixed kid but also still voicing your opinion on what's going on because it's yeah yeah, it's just this weird little medium you know right right yeah um i actually have had a couple conversations about this specific um regular or not regularity but you know this specific uh constriction of being a you know biracial uh human i guess it's a very weird juxtaposition to be black and another race at the same time and i just had a conversation about this today actually um with my one of my really good friends it's like having the privilege to you know kind of remove yourselves from potentially harmful and dangerous situations 
but also like just in general, I'm driving home and I am uh, a police officer swerves or merges into my lane behind me. I'm still going to clench the wheel and make sure I'm doing everything. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, make sure I'm yeah. doing everything right. And it's a very weird juxtaposition to be like smack in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like just in general, like when things like this happen from this perspective, from this position, um, I'm always going to be black. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. And, uh, it would be very complicit for me to uh, gravitate towards my like my white side essentially uh, at a time like this because at the end of the day I'm I'm black. You're still black, exactly. Till the, til the wheels fall off, you know what I mean. So um, it's like I said, it's a juxtaposition to be smack in the middle of and have kind of two different privileges, I guess, mm-hmm. um, or one privilege and kind of one, you know, misfortune if you want to say that. Um, but at the end of the day, like. The, the 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 DNA is the DNA. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of make your own decisions involuntarily, involuntarily out here. But you know, like what's inside is what's inside, and that's uh, you can't change that. And I think my personal um, take on this current Black Lives Matter movement, because this has been an ongoing thing. Yes. For, you know. Yeah, as, we were doing this in 2016. We've been doing yeah. this like all the time. Like even at school, we had protests. You know, so right. Yeah. Racism has been a thing for count like Very over four hundred plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a, it's so weird now. It's it's weird to look at it and know that there are different eras and different phases and how mm-hmm. people perceive it differently and even how it's distributed differently now. Um, and how it's you know it's it's also handled very differently. Like I was I've been recently saying, we're in a social media era. Yes. Which is very different than you know how racism was present even thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, late 90s, you know what I mean? Or early 90s, excuse me. Um, but like I was saying, from this position, kind of my, my overall point of view on racism is I'm, I'm, at the end of the day, like I was saying, I'm a, I'm a black man and I'm, I'm terrified at the end of the day. Um, and it's very traumatic to see these things happening. And while I do still have the privilege to um, identify as a, a non-person of color, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still a person of color. And um, to see to witness things and to continue to hear stories and to know that there really has been no inevitable change. Nope. Um, it's, it's really disheartening and it's, you know, everyone keeps saying, am I next? Am I next? Is it going to be me next? And I still at the end of the day, uh, because I am black and that nothing's going to change that. I also feel that, you know, I also ask myself that question. Um, but I mean, I, I, I just, it's just, my friend Philip put it so perfectly on Instagram not too long ago. And it's just one of the things he said that I really keep repeating is that there's just there's no way to put a concrete thought to it mm-hmm. like it's just it's there's not it's, there's really it's not in, it, it's inexplicable mm-hmm. um it's unbelievable and it's just this is a thing that has been in the media and it's been a thing and it's 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 been a 400 plus year battle of racism and it's yes. even just this current black lives matter while it's still all over the media nothing is there has been changed but there's also still been a spike of like uh, I guess non-progress, if you mm-hmm. would call it. Like, it's like it just like events. cancels each other out. It's like one exactly. good thing, like it's one very like contradictory. bad thing, three bad things, one good thing. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Um, there's still videos of police brutality on the media, and it's still towards 99% African Americans. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's just a crazy thing, and it's very, very hard to make a concrete thought onto. But you know, being a mixed, uh, going back to that, being a mixed uh, person. Um, it's very weird and it's it, it i just keep saying juxtaposition because it's so true like i can i can claim being 
a non uh, POC, mm-hmm. but I also still share the same fears and the same uh, the same feelings as you know everyone that is a hundred percent black. So I could, I mean, I wish I could talk all day about it, and I just I feel like I'm very numb to the point where I just don't have the words to explain. I said that what it exactly, is. exactly how you said it. Like I filmed my video and I was just talking, and I was like, I'm just numb. I see this all yeah. the time it's the same thing so it's not like it's just been like oh this is new like it's not just coming out of nowhere it's been here for so long and it just feels weird it just feels like i was doing a podcast this morning for my friend's podcast and she was like how do you explain this i was like i really wish i could tell you because i don't know like it's a mix of social media it's a mix of word of mouth it's a mix of protesting it's a mix of having to correct people when it's not even your job to correct people it's oh, just a ton. It's a, it's a crazy. It's crazy. And yeah. I don't know. We live in such a world of technology and social media right now that that's kind of all that's clouding your vision. Like, it's clouding everything exactly. that you think of. It's exactly. comments. It's DMs. It's sharing things that you shouldn't even be sharing if you want. It. Like, it's just a ton of stuff. So yeah. what's your take on, like, the media? Because, like, right now, especially because it's, like, in 2016, we were dealing with this. Yeah. But it right, went away yeah. in, like, three days. It, like... It was like a two-week thing, max, probably, and then it went away, and now we're back, and just kind of, what do you think, like, happened? Like, why is everyone so, quote-unquote, yeah. woke now, now that's 2020? Like, why did it take so long? Um, I mean, overall, I think black people are upset, and they're over it, to continue to see um, just just a continuous decline yeah. in any kind of progress. But, you know, going back to what you said, we're all on social media. Social media is developing mm-hmm. every every day, every week, every month, every year. Um, you know, in 2016, if you really want to think about it, um, we had a different structure of social media Mm -hmm. than we have in 2020. And I think the mixture of how advanced technology and how advanced, uh, like the internet is now alongside just like the humanitarianism and the emotional, um, dysfunction that black people are feeling now because it's just this straight downhill slope yes it is right um it has just continued to blow up and blow up and blow up and like i said people are over it like people are upset people are Mm -hmm. they're over it and um because social media is at the the highest level of possibility that it can be Mm -hmm. right now that's all it's going to that's all it's and especially being in a a a pandemic in a quarantine when everyone's at stuck at home that's the only way of communication yeah right that's the only outlet we have Mm -hmm. um besides protests where people are you know just also being safe but that's Mm -hmm. the other thing too um social media is still a predominant outlet Mm -hmm. for for any justice any voice to be heard um and it's sort of i guess not really ironic but kind of beneficial that social media is so elaborate and so advanced now um maybe more than it was in 2016 Mm -hmm. say this pandemic was four years ago you know what i mean um and i honestly think aside from everything i've said so far being in a pandemic alone during this time i think is the only reason that it's blown up on social media that is what i said i said the exact same thing i feel like it's just because it's a physical buildup of anger because yeah. you're literally at home. Like you're just like, and we can't do anything else about and you it. You can't yeah. do anything about it. So when you're at protests and when you're at whatever you're doing, it's like that energy and that like group think energy when everyone's just right. so excited about like what's going right. on and like really making change, everyone's getting excited with each other. So it's becoming so just powerful because we've been stuck quite literally at home for so long. Forever. So yeah. 
And it's just like, if you want to think about it, petitions and the funds and, you know, the GoFundMe links and the, um, the donation links, like these are all substitutes for what we could have been doing minus a global pandemic. Yep. So I think that's the reason social media yeah, like kind of right. steroided itself. You're so right. Because, yeah. yeah, if a pandemic, like a pandemic wasn't in session four years ago, that's so weird how like a pandemic can just fuel that kind of energy, you know? Because it sort of limits our resources or not even our resources. Because I feel like even just now we've had more resources than ever before. Um, but it limits... Well, technology wise for sure. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, it limits the the like the direct connection to those resources mm -hmm. and it, it's kind of forced people to like i said make substitutes mm -hmm. for ways to make change yeah um, that is so true yep yeah agree that the, if there's one thing that i think people should walk away from this this specific uh current black lives matter movement is mm -hmm. that social media really aided and abetted it oh as my far gosh, as yes. making it so successful and mm -hmm. so you know progressive um because without this current social media um outburst skill level <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean that, like without yeah. this and really without i guess the pandemic um i honestly don't think that it would be not the movement the movement itself the movement itself most likely amplified just severe. like the amplification of it yeah yeah but i think um the way that we've been able to cope with it and deal with things and support people and you know make change and make donations and sign petitions yeah that would have all been not the same without this pandemic i feel true like. agreed so agreed. i think like i said if people walk away from this knowing one thing is that the social media really had kind of a, a helping hand in making this mm -hmm. such a progressive and positive well not even positive but um such a successful movement good answer <laughs> long conversation but yeah it was right, a lot yeah. there's just i feel like this entire topic can just there's so many little sub branches of this big movement that it's just like which part do you talk about like the Don't ignorance know. like what like there's so many different topics and it's just like yeah. i can't like even today like again i talked about three different aspects of it and like had a full-blown conversation because you can just keep going about this all day long to the cows run home because right. it's just so big and it's just so detailed but yes i like your take and i really wanted to hear your take on this just because yeah, it's weird to be dead smack in the middle for you, especially because you are half white. I mean, I'm half Asian, but it was just it's so hard to just kind of claim your identity. It's always hard just as a mixed person anyway, just to say, oh, like, am I friends with all the black people? Am I friends with all the white people? Because it seems like you just never fit in anywhere, like ever, yeah. you know? So and I think at this at a time like this, it's been very, very clear to know um, that, you know, when basically when it's when it's time to pull up as a as a black man or a black woman, you know, it's Preach. time to pull up. Like these yeah. are my people. Um, but being smacked dead in the middle is definitely yeah. Just a, in general a whole yeah uh, societal for sure. struggle. Yeah, because you're just like, do I speak out about this? Because like I am, but will people criticize me because like I won't understand the full struggle? And like, ooh, it's just it's literally yeah, it's it's a hard one for sure. But yes, I'm glad that I got your take on it. Right after graduating high school, you graduated 2017. Yes, okay. So like 2017, how how did everything roll from there? How did it start? Different times, different times. Um, oh man, I actually it's crazy that this is even like I think I'm gonna actually enjoy telling the story because it's I'm so excited. Recently, I haven't heard it as this like new because I'm still looking at years, not even as like January to December years, but you know august to june years low key um i'm still in that mindset uh but at the beginning of this season i guess of last fall back in august um 
I had really kind of set my goals and my boundaries like ahead of schedule. And I knew that this was going to be like my last year in Charlotte. Um, and I have been teaching for five years now. I've been teaching since I was 15 years old. Um, I've made a numerous like great connections with a lot of people in Charlotte that have dance studios or have connections to dance studios or connections to dance conventions that I've been able to train for free for years. Um, and also give back to students multiple mm -hmm. times. Like I've been really lucky to have these great relationships with people where this, at the beginning of this year, essentially, I um, sort of just kind of racked my, my year just in bulk, just to let mm -hmm. it roll. Obviously not expecting a global pandemic. Um, right. But I, I mean, I set myself up to kind of take on some competition teams. I grew up doing competition for 12 years um, and I, really honestly really wanted to jump into as soon as graduation was over I really wanted to jump into being a teacher and it really took three years now almost for me to realize that there's such a, a build-up kind of process to get there oh for sure and to know that because I wanted to teach like you know like seniors because mm -hmm. I wanted to teach like the best kids mm -hmm. basically um that's what everybody wants to do like they want to put their work on the best people that right. can can uh replify it um, that's not a word, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I was ready to teach like the seniors at my old studio, essentially. And I was, I wasn't even 18 yet. <laughs> I wasn't 18 when I graduated and I was still 17 when the new season officially started. So it was very hard for me to grasp that, um, I needed to grow up and mature a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, aside from teaching, it's, it's such a, uh, it's weird being asked this question because everybody's post-graduation life, if you don't go the college route, is very yeah, different. Yeah, it is very Because it's just like, it's You're such owning a... your own path. It's your oh, own right, hours. Yeah. It's flexible. Like, you don't have Everything. any any source of, what's it called? Like, so uh, many structure. Options. There's no structure yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. There's so many options you can take without going the college route. Just throwing yourself into the pool, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it goes back into just wanting to immediately teach and um, just being ready to be a teacher. Because even by 17, I had been teaching for two years and I loved it. And I wasn't even teaching that often because I was still in high school and because I still was a, you know, a student also. Um, but when I got to sneak in a little class, even if it was just like two or three people, like I mm -hmm. love teaching. Um, so I was ready to teach, I was ready to go, and I was ready to go. And it kind of, I honestly declined um, a lot of opportunities to, to sort of wait for someone to tell me that I could be a teacher. Um, so I want to say that I really kind of shot myself in the foot multiple times. <laughs> um, but I still took on professional dance jobs here and there. I was fortunate enough to be signed to an agency uh, called 411 South Talent in Atlanta. And uh, one of the directors behind Dance 411, which is the home studio of that agency, He's become a really good friend of mine, a super, super influential mentor. And um, literally jumping out of high school, I sort of jumped into a relationship with him um, immediately. It was like graduating in June. And then I sort of formally met him because I had kind of seen his work. And uh, my really good friend Tyler had worked with him mm -hmm. that summer on a tour. And um, he came back and sort of told us about Jeremy. And I met him in that August. Um, and literally immediately like Jeremy is such a like a father figure and like a, such a just in yeah. inclusive welcoming guy that we hit it off right away and he um, I was still 17 I just turned 18 that following September um, and I was still young obviously so Jeremy was very like you gotta do this you gotta do this he was very black and white about it mm -hmm. um, 
you know, we pissed him off multiple times, <laughs> but, uh, now that I'm kind of older and I'm sort of closer to being an adult, like we have a great relationship and, um, now that my life post high school with no like collegiate plan has come to this point, um, I've been able to really rely on him for resources and advice on what my career is sort of shaping up to be. Uh, because graduating high school, I knew I wasn't going to college. And even as a senior, I knew I wanted to be um, just a hip hop choreographer in general. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that there were so many different avenues you could go down with yes. that alone. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew I just wanted to choreograph hip hop. I just wanted to, I wasn't technical. I wasn't technically gifted as a <laughs> dancer at all. Not flexible. Not true. That's not true. <laughs> I can, you can fake you it. You can get that. You, okay. If anyone sure. from Dance Productions is watching this, they will tell you I could fake it. <laughs> All day long. <laughs> and that's and so I got funny. really good at faking it around 10th grade. I was immaculate at faking it. I knew I didn't have enough technique strength to go into doing it for four more years at like a, a conservatory. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was a senior, I was just like, well, I want to choreograph hip hop, but I don't know what school, to if there to, is a school right. that has like a hip hop mm -hmm. program. Um, so I just kind of went for the real world and my parents knew that that's what I wanted to do. And that was the reason behind doing it. So they supported me through it. Mm -hmm. and. You know, like I said, it was a battle of sort of working my way back up the ladder. Um, Honestly. Instead of thinking I could just jump right back at the top from being a senior. You know what I mean? Like, you're at the top there. That's like uh, yeah, the top, at, top in school. of right. public sure. education, essentially. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you jump right back down to the ladder. Yep. A bigger ladder. Huge. Uh, jumping into the real Gigantic. world as an adult. Yeah. A way bigger ladder. Um so it took me some time to realize that I just needed to work on, you know, myself. And by doing that, I enabled myself to just really kind of creatively be free for once, um, which sort of shaped what my life has become or what has what it has turned into. Because uh, for 12 years, I was com competitive dancing and I was telling mm -hmm. other people's stories and I was doing, you know, uh, so-and-so's from out of town's choreography. And uh, it wasn't really like my you know my creative freedom um so once I graduated I had all these ideas I had even started to try to put my own projects together still in high school um so once I kind of graduated I knew I wanted to go into film I knew I wanted to keep dancing um I kind of fell in love with film a lot more uh I love film intensely great. I guess so it's me it's too out of high um, school I think because since we went to yes, performing arts yeah, high yeah. school we didn't focus much on film like we touched on right. it in musical theater but no I love film it's so great and it took me doing like little side projects still mm -hmm. in high school to realize that this is like low-key it's way so better fun than performing live yeah, it's so fun um because you can really like control your narrative for storytelling like way more than live theater mm -hmm. I feel like um but like I was saying I sort of fell in love with it like even after graduating high school and honestly if I had kind of gotten the the opportunity to do it more and um even to know what I know now as a 17 year old senior I probably would have advanced into going to like a film school and just like mm -hmm. really going after like a directing degree mm -hmm. um but going back to what I was saying having that creative freedom and a lot of time to discover my new my new life my new personality basically enabled me to realize that I love film and mm -hmm. I love making uh, dance into film. Um, so my life has been very askew, I guess. Um, I've had plenty downs and not as equal amount of ups, but, uh, it has really, really shaped, um, I guess my, my foundation of what mm -hmm. I am now and what I know now. Um, 
because just even 2020 alone, I've really kind of felt a creative rebirth, and I feel like I'm on a high That's of so just straight creativity yeah. um, that I don't see any end to in the foreseeable mm-hmm. future. I'm just really riding it out. It hasn't dawned on me that it's coming to an end or that it's ending or that mm-hmm. I'm running out of creativity. It's just like now kind of spending three years to A, mature and just grow as a human being, as an adult, but B, to develop um, to develop my, my art essentially and you know develop my skill set as a choreographer and a filmmaker and a director. Um, and it's got me to this point now where I feel like I have a finally a structured lifestyle mm-hmm. post-graduation high school. Because, you know, you know more than oh anyone. My gosh, or or yes. you also know, I mean, right. just graduating and not going to college, it's just like, what it's, do I do? Like, you're just, it's, oh my gosh, I can't even begin yeah, to tell you. It's just, it's yeah. so open. It's just like, where can I go? Like, you could literally be like, okay, cool, I can go back to school and become a psychologist. Like, you can do literally anything. Right, it's just yeah. so... It's so weird, and especially if you don't, like, I mean, my parents were super, super supportive, and and I think I'm so blessed to have that kind of structure as well, because it's like, they were basically the only things that I had to be somewhat structured in any kind of way, whether if that was doing chores in the house or whether that's whatever, because there's no homework assignments, there's no essays to turn in, it's like real life, no deadlines, whatever, so you're completely in charge of your creative doings, and if you're not doing anything, you're just... You question Just your entire in identity. Yeah, you question yeah. everything because I think as a creator, you would relate as well. Like, your work is kind of what you define yourself as, um, whether Definitely. that's anything. It's always, yeah, it's, it's always it's your like work. It's like art imitates life. Literally, yeah. quite literally. Because, I mean, what else do you define yourself by? Like, whenever people, I mean, even at jobs, like, you show your resume, like, you're basically defined by your work and when you just graduate out right. of high school and you're thrown into that and you don't have anything on your resume nothing you're just like yeah. what is my worth bro yeah. <laughs> so yeah i think you can definitely relate to that but i've never heard your side of the story so it's so good to hear it because again like there's not many people who dare to take that kind of journey because i mean it's scary i mean obviously yeah. like you probably had your scares like oh was this the right decision like definitely, definitely, definitely. had mine as well so it took a lot of thinking. I think we also got a lot of time alone to think, you know, because otherwise you, you're just right. in high school. You're surrounded by so many people just telling you things in your ear. I mean, you're a kid. You're just still absorbing information. You're still just, you know, absorbing whatever you absorb, right. whether good or bad. But I think once you're out of high school, right. you pick and choose your friends. You pick and choose the content you're absorbing and like getting inspiration from as opposed to just getting it thrown at you in high school, you know? So, yeah, what about you? Like, how did your, this is, this is going to be a T one, but like, how did your kind of like friend circle like change, like right out of high school? Like, especially just like, like, how did that all happen for you? Honestly, I can say that I was fortunate enough to have had that decision made, Mm -hmm. not by me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got you. Um, In multiple, you know what I mean? In multiple, Mm -hmm. without really getting into it, because it's, it's it's very layered and it doesn't need to be rehashed. But mm-hmm. like I said, I I was very fortunate to have that decision made for me. And, and essentially, meaning um, people kind of made the decision themselves mm-hmm. I know from saying. their own, you know, from their mm-hmm. own POV that was like, I'm just going to go in this direction and kind of cut my friendship with Jonathan, which was mm-hmm. cool. Um, and I, I've had multiple people make that decision. And I, you know, at this point... I maybe have um, two, two, three counting Danny, but Danny kind of <laughs> came to high school our senior year, and I already knew he him did. Yeah, then, no, so. that's. Oh my God! Wait, he that, only came senior a, year? That is so weird. Yeah, 
Yeah, we already had a friendship before that. Only yeah, right, year. right. That's so weird. Um, so it's three counting, Danny. But you know, from Northwest, mm-hmm. like I really have two consistent friends mm-hmm. that. I mean, right now I could text them both or mm-hmm. at any point in the year during their school year, I could text right. them both and pick up exactly where we left off. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, as you know, there's a group of people that if I saw at a little gathering, then right. there's no bad We've blood. Always, yeah, like, you've Yo, always you got been? that. Right. Um, but as far as like my circle that hasn't changed, mm-hmm. three actually, not including Danny. Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as far as that circle, I have the same people that, I know, um, not, they haven't adapted to my new lifestyle, but there's like, there's room for them in my mm-hmm. lifestyle now, as opposed to seeing them every day in high school. Right. So you're kind of like forced to be friends almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like I said, there's a, there's a, there's a reason why my circle is really tightened down. Oh, but same. Oh, same. Ultimately, sure. again, even that reason influenced a lot of people to make that decision on their own so Mm -hmm. it really just like I said I was fortunate enough for it to happen for me and I didn't really have to make the decision it was just like one of those moments where I was like all right cool like Mm -hmm. be easy um yeah I don't know yeah I I mean (laughs) shout out to Nick Ellis right Smith Uh, shout out to Posey Bartol Oh, yeah. Love her. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So kind of the last thing we're going to get into that I'm going to ask you is just kind of how do you feel like you've adulted? That's a really big, like, key thing with my podcast. But, like, what is the one, quote, unquote, adulting tip that you have for anyone, whether if it's someone who is probably not trying to pursue the college career path or just kind of figure out, like, who they are? Like, what is something that you feel like you could tell someone who's also a teen adulting, doing whatever they're doing? It's a great question. Um, there's a there's a mantra that I live by, especially since graduating, um, that a friend of mine, his mom used to tell him all the time, and I heard him talk about it once, and I just kind of adapted it, or adopted it, excuse me. <laughs> um, if you can find something that you love to do, and um, also get paid for doing, for doing that, it, then, yeah. you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's obviously best case scenario. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, like I was going to say, I said earlier in this video, um, or this podcast, it's different because everyone's situation is very different than the next. Mm-hmm. But if you have the opportunity to stop and sort of set your life up the way you want it to be, do that. Yeah. Um, instead sure. of just throwing yourself in with no plan, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're not going to college, then you really are essentially waiting to jump in on your own. Um, even if you don't have a plan ready. Because, I, I mean, honestly, I graduated in 17 and for months and months and months, I didn't really have a plan. And like I kind of started to say in kind of got away from talking about 2020 alone Mm -hmm. i started this year and like fall 2019 finally having a structure to my life and knowing what i was ready to do um two and a half years later from graduating so Mm -hmm. essentially like i said if you can find something you love to do and you get paid for it best case scenario make that your job make that your lifestyle that's Mm -hmm. the the happiest lifestyle you can take as an adult really um and you know also if you need the time to take to plan your life out and really make sure you're going down the right directions Agreed. do that like, take that time I've, I've, right yes. I've always been the kind of person to and my parents never agreed with this because it's at the end of the day it is about money and mm-hmm. you need money to right. do everything like cash rules yeah. everything around you for sure um but I've always been the person despite what anyone really tells me to take sort of 
the right opportunities as opposed to the more frequent opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. You can say yes to taking, anything for sure, but like right, picking exactly. and choosing what's actually going to benefit you is because that's going to, because well. something as small as one opportunity could shape the rest of your life. And you never for know. Sure. And if it's, it's something you don't feel completely comfortable doing, like don't do it. Like there have been, um, multiple times that actually, this is a really dope story. Um, hopefully somebody can pull a message away from when I turned 18 a friend of mine tried to connect me to do this uh this like seven day performance job and I had like five days rehearsal and then uh like two shows and at the same time uh, I think towards the shows there was an audition for uh this movie that Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish were starring in oh yeah (laughs) and I essentially a lot of my friends are going to this audition Um, I had just turned 18, so I could go to this audition and I basically just, I was ready. I was kind of iffy about doing the job anyway. Um, but I pulled out of it ultimately and went to this audition and that audition, I booked the movie. I booked Mm -hmm. my agency. I've made connections with Jeremy, the agency, Mm -hmm. that audition literally changed my life. Like it set everything up. Um, I was, it kind of like fell into my lap almost. So Mm -hmm. that's just an example. Like one thing could really change your life. So if you don't see yourself doing something or you don't find like, real authentic like enjoyment mm-hmm. and whatever falls in your lap then you know just kind of shove it to the side and wait for what you're waiting for to mm-hmm. to happen yeah that's that's the way i kind of look at it just like there's a there's a right opportunity and then there's you know there's an endless stream of opportunities mm-hmm. and there's a lot of wrong ones or just sure. ones that aren't meant for you maybe they're not right or mm-hmm. um, they're not wrong but they're just not right for you yeah um, but yeah take your time to develop your life because just going in it head first you will run into a wall yeah for times. sure for sure like especially having so much time out of high school like just having this endless world of opportunity take your time to explore yeah. like what if you knew you didn't even know you wanted to do something that existed but you didn't know existed because all you knew were the four walls of your high school you just never know and i think i when you said like things just like it just kind of fell into my lap Yes, I do think that that's true, but I also think that you just kind of attract the energy that you're giving off. I'm a big believer in just law of attraction, Mm. and, like, honestly, the mindset that you have will just lead you the correct way. It just will, but you can't be pessimistic. You can't be just super bitter about everything because that's just attracting the bitterness and the negativity, but... If you really just have all of your options open, you will find what you love and you will find a way to make money doing it. Like anything is creating, you can create a job out of anything at this point that I figured out because I've seen some crazy mess over the past like year or so of just like creating jobs through social media and just having the weirdest jobs. But if that's something that just like fuels your fire, you'll find it. That's not even a question about that. You can get paid for it, dude. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm so glad to have had you on the podcast today. This is actually a really, like, last-minute episode. You guys didn't know this, but... I didn't know he wanted to record today. He was, like, busy, and I was like, oh, you want to hop on? Sure. Like, this is literally my third podcast filming today. My ass is so tired of sitting on this floor, but it was such a good episode. I'm so glad to have had you. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for being a part of this. I will have all of his things linked down below in the show notes. Thank you. This is cool. I hope someone really, like, takes away whatever that they need for their life. For sure. Because, like, everyone's life is so specific. My life is so specific. Uh But, um, you know, I hope somebody walks away with something really, really helpful. Awesome. Done and done.